so my grandparents happen to be from kota so all of my school life i've spent my summers there and the kids that i used to play with they were all decided ki okay there's just two choices engineering and medicine i rarely found anyone who was into commerce or humanities in kota it's almost like a taboo that you're living in kota and you're going for anything else that is ananya upadhyay from jodhpur welcome listeners this is indian entropy and i'm shri hero anana this episode is an eye opener for me ananya gave me insights into rajasthan's cuisine forts dances folk songs tourism and what makes rajasthani people hold on to their culture like no other we did talk about kota factory as well but we did not forget to talk about the state's political landscape and trust me the answers from ananya are so precise and informative i can bet that you will enjoy this episode so stay tuned till the end hi ananya kamma gani shiro kamma gani means it's hello in marwari <laughs> so how should i respond so you can say so i have said kamma gani you can say gani kamma just gani reverse kamma. yeah just reverse <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Introduce yourself to the audience. So, um, like, I am from Jodhpur in Rajasthan. I am a humanities graduate. I graduated from Miranda House, TU, and uh, I, of course, did my MBA from SBM and MIMS. And now I'm working as a management trainee in L'Oreal, working from home right now. Uh, and also, an interesting fact about Ananya is that. She's a vegan. <laughs> oh yes, yes, I am a vegan and it's been a few months since I changed from vegetarian to vegan and it's been really interesting. Yeah, you if you follow her on Instagram, you just see vegan posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my new hobby these days. I'm promoting veganism to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ananya, uh, just tell me uh, this thing. Why are cities in Rajasthan color coded? So there are basically three main cities that you will find color codes for. Let's begin with Jodhpur, of course. So Jodhpur mm. is the blue city. Now, mm. if you've seen pictures of Jodhpur, the main city cluster where the old houses and the old buildings are, they used to be painted with indigo in them, and that color, when applied to the wall, keeps the houses cool from the very scorching heat that's there in Jodhpur. So, of course, since all the Uh, main markets and houses and buildings appeared blue it got the name blue city and similarly mm-hmm. in jaipur so many houses they use the color pink and because they have lots of palaces and monumental structures so they got the name of pink city and there's one more which is golden city and jaisalmer and jaisalmer of course is famous for its desert its golden sand so even yes. their fort it's called sonargarh means golden fort so because of the golden color of the sand and the fort it got the name golden city yeah i've been to jaisalmer the fort is beautiful i've stayed in tar desert uh, for a night and the uh, whole experience was amazing exactly the sunset and camel rides in jaisalmer it's really surreal it's a must have experience for everybody and, yeah and the people who go there they should go for the jeep ride on the sand dunes it's amazing oh yes i have been going since i was like 5 and i'm still not bored of it i can go anytime yeah yeah and 
I know when we go to these kind of cities, uh, the cuisine is a main part of, integral part of each and every city of Rajasthan. Absolutely. So talk, talk about Rajasthan cuisine. Okay, so Rajasthan is very famous for its cuisine, like in sweets also, and in terms of the dishes it has to offer. The very famous being, of course, dal bati churma. It's a delicacy for everybody who comes, and even I am fond of it, having it eaten so many times. Despite that, then there's ghevar. Ghevar is that dish circular, looks like pizza, <laughs> and oh. there's a very famous rabdi ke laddu. So you've seen those laddus which come with like little dots in them and big size laddus. They're very famous. Also, uh, there is vegetables like ker sangri. So have you seen ker sangri ka sabzi? It looks very different from what we generally eat. That's because Rajasthan's dry lands, they don't allow for cultivation of many green leafy vegetables or the regular stuff we have. So the cuisines that have developed, they are very like, um rich in ghee or very different kind of ingredients that they could get here in dry lands okay then snacks of course uh, there's very very famous mirchi vada from jodhpur if you do come here you have to have it it's beautiful it's amazing okay in fact people in rajasthan eat lot of spices right i always wondered even from in south we eat lot of spices when we eat lot of spicy food you know right. the, the, actually the reason behind it the more spice you eat the more diluted it blood stays and it's better for ventilation there's a scientific reason in how we eat our food right it's yeah, uh, yeah. i think the way we you know evolution happened and parallelly we uh, adopted the food which suits us the most Absolutely. And one very interesting thing when it comes to food in Rajasthan is people like to start with something sweet. Then they'll, the food that they eat it has to be spicy and they then again want some sweet. So it's a good combination of very spicy food and at the same time sweets as well. Oh my God. But if you eat sweet first and then spicy, it goes like crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. No, but then there's a sweet at the end also. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. And, you know, when I think of Rajasthan, I uh, get reminded of Thar Desert, camels, you know, the unique uh, dresses, folk dance and all. But I don't know anything about Rajasthan's politics. Like, they've never been on the map. Like, in the center situation, there's no publicity, there's no hangama anywhere. So just throw some light on uh, Rajasthan's politics. Yeah. I hope you are enjoying the episode. If you like what I do, do follow my Instagram page, Indian Entropy. I would really appreciate it. Without further ado, let's continue with the episode. I think we covered up all the hangama for past years in the last one month, seeing all the chaos between Ashok Gehlot and Sachin Pilot. So. Uh, the history of Rajasthan under Congress and sp- uh, particularly under Ashok Gehlot as chief minister has been very rich. Most of the educational institutes like IIT in Rajasthan, IIM in Udaipur, then there's FDDI, NIFT. I mean, any kind of good educational institute that th- that's there has come under Congress. So very honestly, being here all of my life, literally, I have seen lots of development under, under Congress. 
बीजेपी गवर्नमेंट वेन इट केम टू पार इन द ट्वेंटी फोर्टीन इलेक्शन दैट वॉज मोस्टली बिकॉज ऑफ द मोदी वेव फ्रॉम वॉट आई हैव सीन हियर पीपल वर नॉट हैप्पी विद वसुंधरा राजेज चीफ मिनिस्टरशिप हियर वेन शी वॉज इन पार एंड दैट्स वन बिग रीजन वाई डिस्पाइट बीजेपी कमिंग इन ट्वेंटी नाइनटीन एट द सेंटर द yeah so the whole controversy between sachin pilot and ashok gehlot was pretty much something that we all had predicted because sachin pilot is one of the people that congress is actually blessed to have young powerful and deserving leadership who did not get the recognition he deserves so this kind of clash was bound to happen but again all said and done i think uh, congress rule in rajasthan has been something that has been really very uh, fruitful or helpful for the development of the entire state Okay, that's a nice way to put it. And because you mentioned IITs in between, I should ask you about Kota Factory. Oh yeah, yeah, Kota, <laughs> the educational hub. And... Educational and uh, etc. etc. Which I don't <laughs> want to talk. But of course, of course. What's this craze for IITs? I think that all started because if you see Kota's location in Rajasthan, it lies exactly in the center between the Delhi Bombay Railroad. so it had a very good advantage in terms of all the development getting trains goods and it developed as a hub and later on uh, really there were coaching institutes that started and it just grew exponentially and it became the kota factory that it is every kid here you know in rajasthan it's really assumed if you're in class 11 okay one or two years later isko to kota jaake padhna hi hai But what's the localized assumption, or you know, the side effects of having that much pressure on a eleventh uh, and twelfth class student, right? So people have this person. I mean, clear idea of what they're putting the kid into. Of course, it does have. It does has its cons. It does take a toll on kids. So my grandparents happen to be from Kota. So all of my school life, I've spent my summers there, and the kids that I used to play with. they were all decided ki, okay there's just two choices engineering and medicine i rarely found anyone who was into commerce or humanities in kota it's almost like a taboo that you're living in kota and you're going for anything else oh so, my god exactly <laughs> and of course uh, the way the kids stay there and they just go out of their homes at class 10 11 ages when you know it's a very dicey age either you make the best of it or you could get digressed very negatively so that's mm. also something that happens and that ultimately culminates into something which can be negative like children not being able to you know take the pressure they get distracted themselves and then they feel they're not able to perform and then all that toxicity and negativity starts in their heads i know so, second to kota factory the junior kota factory is from uh, andhra pradesh telangana region so i know how it feels but uh, <laughs> but 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 be coming from the state where senior kota factory is so you would be able to tell it better but again uh, all said and done it has been largely very very helpful for the state in terms of increasing education and families there they are much more developed and progressed than you would find in other cities hmm very good and you mentioned kota is the hub so but rajasthan is also hub for destination weddings oh yes majorly jodhpur and udaipur all the palaces good forts and locations are centered here 
So from Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas to the universal uh, family, all of these kids have had their uh, weddings here. And it has given a lot of boost to the city's uh, revenue and growth in terms of that. It has attracted a lot of tourism, especially because of that. All the palaces, there's a lot of employment. It's been really good uh, as far as that's concerned. Mm, I think it's a link. The way your forts are built and your cuisine supports that, it attracts tourism and also it attracts destination weddings. Is that right? Of course it does. And uh, one more thing that the reason behind why these two places have emerged as destinations for weddings is uh, the history and the architecture of the forts. So there are like about 30 forts in Rajasthan if you consider all. But the main oh. ones like Chittorgarh and the one in Jaisalmer, Sonargarh and of course Mirangarh. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have had international movies uh, shot their scenes here. Batman and Mirangarh, I'm sure you must know. Yes, yes, I was about to talk about that. People yeah. who do not know what Dark, Dark Knight Rises fans, the well in which uh, Wayne was put in, it's in Rajasthan, the sea, the well. Yes, it's shot from Mehrangarh. And of course, Chittorgarh, uh, Padmavati was shot here. So any kind of movies, any kind of controversies that get developed, they of course uh, attract people also. Mm, okay. And talk about your folk festivals, also with your handicrafts, which are really beautiful. And anyone wearing uh, a Rajasthani handicraft can be clearly noticed. Bhai, ye to Rajasthan se. This is from Rajasthan only. Oh yeah, there's so much about Rajasthan folk and handicraft I can talk about. So let's start with something that's very recent. So Amazon Prime had this series called Bandish Bandits. And it's totally inspired from Rajasthani Gharaneka music and Rajasthani folk. So uh, there's a very famous international folk festival in Rajasthan, which is actually called Riff. Like the term itself signifies like guitar ka riff. I said this one stands for Rajasthan International Folk Festival. Oh. It is reputed greatly. And of course, uh, its international uh, pattern is uh, the Rolling Stones. So you can see what their reach wow. is. And it's uh, patronized by uh, His Highness Maharaja Gat Singh Ji here in Jodhpur. It's a culmination of really very beautiful artists from like, you can find artists from Morocco and Cuba at the same time from like Andhra and there's Carnatic music. And one very beautiful thing about this whole setup is they have themes every year. And in the midst of it all, they uh, really take care of the location and the uh, vibe they're creating. So like at 4.30 in the morning, you could see sunrise coming out of Mehrangarh and you would have a Sufi performance going on. Wow. <laughs> so the vibe is amazing and I'm really sad, I think, because of this pandemic this year, it won't happen. They might have some online uh, webinar sort of festival, but the feel that you get there when you're there, it's just unparalleled. Yeah, I know. I know how online things go. Can you hear me? <laughs> <Please mute. laughs> <laughs> exactly and then uh, so this is about the folk festival very famous the dances of Rajasthan Ghumar uh, the song from Padmavat I think everybody knows what Ghumar is now then mm. there's Kalbelia the women in the black dresses and white bangles who dance around the fire and there's one more very famous dance where women dance with pots of fire on their heads uh, that's something that's come from Rajasthan, very unique again. 
and handicrafts of Rajasthan that remind me from the dresses that they're wearing. So Jodhpuri Safa is very, very famous. So if you saw Pradhan Mantri Narendra Modi's speech yesterday, the Safa that he was wearing, that okay. all of that material comes from Jodhpur every year. In fact, okay. I think the team, the grooming team that goes for the Prime Minister is also from Jodhpur. And the Jodhpuri suits and the breeches, the ones, you know, uh, the horse riders wear, that's become a very good fashion dress now, dressing now. So that's from Jodhpur again. And then this bandage print, the print that comes with little squares, blocks on it, that's from Rajasthan. And Jodhpuri jutis are again very famous. Yeah, they are very famous. Yeah, they're very noticeable and someone who's familiar with Jyotis can instantly recognize that this is from Rajasthan. Yeah. And Ananya, tell me this. I know if, if you look at all the states of India, a lot of people are modernized in a way and we, got, we lost touch of our own culture. But there are some states, if you look at uh, Kerala, the way they celebrate Onam, the boat festival. If you look at uh, West Bengal's uh, Durga Puja and these people go it in a seasonal way. But... If you look at Rajasthan, people are in their traditional dresses all the time. They sell their products, their, their state's products all the time. What made Rajasthan do this? Because so, what made you guys stick to your own culture for so long? I know I don't know the financials behind it because it should be economically viable to stick to a particular profession. So how does it work there? So one very interesting fact you mentioned here, like if in case of Kerala or West Bengal, their culture, their literature is something that is recorded that's official. Rajasthan mm-hmm. itself does not have an existing organized literature in itself. You won't find texts or scriptures that are there in specific uh, Marwadi or Mewadi and other regional languages that are there. It's very unorganized, very fragmented. But given the royal history of Rajasthan, the repute of its palaces, of its dresses, Early on, the trade from Rajasthan became very famous. Like artists from Rajasthan used to travel around. There were some businessmen who settled in Calcutta. So that thing, that got spread really fast. They started using their music, their craft as a means for survival. So that's what in the end made Rajasthan a hub for all of this. A hub, great hub for tourism. Okay, you guys didn't rely on the scripts but rather you reminded uh, relied on the memory and your voices exactly because if you see there's not much agriculture here that's not one thing we could have counted on there's no port here so of course there was no means of that other kind of business so it was just the skill the talent and the art that we could have depended on for survival wow that's actually a very interesting point and how are the I mean what's the next generation doing are they adopting the local businesses and embracing the culture which Rajasthan got or are they moving out I think within within the circles that I've seen the youth that I've seen they're all taking after their family businesses because it's proving to be a very viable means of uh you know, your survival, your livelihood. There will always be tourists. There will be people who are interested in art. So it's not something that's boring or drab that you are yourself not invested in. Like I have been seeing so many things about my culture since I was a kid and I'm still so very excited and very proud about it. I was telling you about the dances. So there are Rajasthani dances that I have learned from my grandmother and I know all of them. So I really take pride in taking that culture forward. And of course, uh, as compared to other regions, cultures that we see, 
Rajasthani culture in itself is very, very like niche and very sadly it's dying a little. So introduction of festivals like Riff, that's one way to take the voices and talent of Rajasthan out. And of course, uh, Jaipur Literature Festival is so famous. There are writers and authors and celebrities coming to Jaipur all year round. There are book launches and cultural shows and painting competitions and what not happening in Jaipur that time. So that's one thing that's uh, spreading from here. And I think there's a rising culture internationally to support local artisans or small artists. So that's one thing that uh, Rajasthani industries are capitalizing on. The handicraft from here, the woodwork, uh, carpentry, uh, prints, they are all really uh, gaining momentum in international markets. Yes, holding to your own culture is the most precious thing because it, exactly. is, it is what we are and where we come from. And, and having an economic and financial backing to it helps us achieve that. But for a lot of states, the, that was not there and the states lost the integral culture. True, culture true. Very and, true. But, but it's actually very, I'm very happy to hear that Rajasthan is able to maintain this. Exactly. And just while you were saying this, I got reminded of Pushkar. So, you know, the camel trade fair that happens in Rajasthan every year. That happens Mm -hmm. in Pushkar. So, that's one time and that's one city which is a very beautiful amalgamation of foreigners coming here, performing or even settling down there. And the camel fair that happens. And it's become a really good hub for people who like to meditate or feel spirituality. So there will be a lot of Vipassana sessions and you could see there in Pushkar. And like one interesting fact that I came across was, uh, you know, uh, Lord Brahma. Mm. There is just one temple of Lord Brahma in the entire world. And that is in Pushkar. Yes, like Brahma I in itself, he's not, uh, you will not see temples around anywhere. That's just in Pushkar. Okay. I know Brahma and Shaneshwar has just one, one temple in the whole world. Yes. So there are many, many things like these that Rajasthan really makes good use of. Okay. Okay. That's, that's amazing. And finally, I want to ask you about the Umayyad Palace. Oh, yeah. So I can very proudly say the world's best heritage hotel is in the city that I come from. It's very, very beautiful. It's a seven star hotel, of course. And um, I... How much does it cost per night? Oh, I think it ranges about two and a half lakhs per night or something. The last two time. Two lakhs. Are you yeah. kidding me? And there are so many people there, and it's always booked for the prices that are there, the restaurants, the hotel, the room, everything is always booked. Oh my god. <laughs> two and a half lakhs. You'll see lush gardens and all the vintage cars. And their museums, it's really, really very beautiful. Mm. And the reach of Umid Palace in terms of its popularity is so amazing. I remember talking to a lady once whose uh, husband was serving in the army in Far East. So like in the easternmost corner of India, there was this huge poster in the army walls of Umid Palace. Mm. So <laughs> you see the width, the breadth of the popularity. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Umayyad Palace, you know, this little awareness in South, because I can't generalize it for everyone, but I know about Umayyad Palace, but I, do, I didn't know itna hai. There's so much 
that it's the best heritage uh, heritage hotel in the world i think that also stems from the culture of hospitality in rajasthan any kind of people you meet whether you are a traveler tourist or even if they sense that you are from outside everybody will be very very courteous to you and that culture shows in all of the resorts all of the palaces that you go to they are yeah. very very welcoming and rajasthani hospitality is really very famous so I've been there. If you come here, <laughs> I, I've been there. I've been to Jaisalmer. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm telling you, Udaipur. I've been to Udaipur. I'm telling you, like Rajasthan's hospitality is amazing. Like literally amazing. Probably it's because the way uh, the kings have ruled, the culture has boiled down. Still, I think you guys have records of all the kings, the cuisines, and what should be maintained, right? Yes, because the uh, one major medium has been passing on of folk music. so hmm. uh the tales of bravery and love stories like so there's heer ranja and leela majnu so there's one dhola maru of rajasthan and in, uh, interestingly the song you know kesariya balam padharo mare desh that has hmm. come from the very famous love story legend of dhola maru oh interesting yeah <laughs> mm. okay ananya that's it from my end so much so much i got to know today oh and, and i could like really just go on and on about the place <laughs> yeah. and you want to, you want to talk something specific which you want the listeners to know for sure um, i i did like share a lot of things about rajasthan and uh, udaipur jaisalmer jodhpur jaipur these are places that everyone should really visit at least once because within one state within a few 100 kilometers you get to experience totally different landscapes so while udaipur is like the venice of the east you'll see lakes and beautiful palaces at the same time there's jaisalmer that's like quite there's a lot of heat there there's a lot of sun there's a lot of sand and desert so you get to experience a lot of mixed cultures and at the same time very beautiful mm. Okay Ananya thank you so much thanks thank for coming you, on the show thank you you know take care hello listeners i hope you enjoyed this episode of indian entropy if you like the show please do subscribe and follow us on whichever platform you're listening this podcast in it might be spotify apple podcasts pocket casts or any other Once again thanks for listening and tune in